All right, welcome back to the I'm There podcast. I'm your host, Freyway, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Kenny. Hopefully you can hear me. <laughs> and we are back to do a Chainsaw Man Season 1 recap slash review slash discussion. We did cover this anime slightly when we did the beginning of the fall anime. I think we covered Chainsaw Man, uh, My Hero Academia, and what was the other one? That's a good question. <laughs> oh, oh, Bleach. I think Bleach had aired its first oh, episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Bleach. And I feel like there was one more, but I, I don't know. Yeah, there might have been another one. I'm not sure what we all were watching, but I feel like those were the main three. I mean, those are currently, outside of Demon Slayer and Attack on Titan, those are the big three anime. Chainsaw Man was highly anticipated, and I had my... Um, I had my suspicions that it wasn't going to live up to the hype, honestly. And when I watched episode one, I think our consensus here on the I'm There podcast was just, it was okay. Nothing groundbreaking, nothing too crazy. Animation was fine. The setup first episode storyline was fine. Typical cliche, uh, nothing to really write home about. And I went on to continue to watch it week to week for a little while. So I watched episode two and then episode three as they aired. Kenny doesn't do that. He usually only watches episode one until we do our full season review but we do episode one of everything just to kind of review it at first and give our thoughts on what's going to happen and where the story is going and this is pretty much mm-hmm. every show it's kind of like our little formula and then we come back to it if it's really long i think that we've just started the process of doing a uh, mid-season review so like when house of dragon season two comes back we'll probably stop at episode five do a mid-season for that one and then we'll do a overall let's talk about the whole season from six to ten but also just everything that has happened because when you have an hour of content per episode and you're covering 10 episodes, it's just kind of unfair to try to do that in, I don't know, a two hour podcast. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, as for Chainsaw Man, I did start off watching it week to week and I honestly thought it was mid. I got through episodes one, two, and three. Episode three is the one where uh, Miyawi got stolen from power and she was crying about it and asking Denji if he could go and kill the bad devil so that she could get Miyawi back, which was literally her cat that she had planned to fatten up and eat, and then she fell in love with it and became her best friend. And the bad devil knew that and said, I want you to bring me human blood. Otherwise, I'm going to kill your cat. And so that was like, the whole premise of that thing was a bit ridiculous. And I started to feel like this anime was an anthology in a sense that every episode would just be like, you know, Denji going around with random unhinged devil girl, and they just have like misadventures and nonsense. Um, To jump ahead a bit, I was really surprised that this anime changes its tone quite a lot midway through. Like, Mm. specifically, and we can go back, but specifically the part where Makima is on the train and she gets assassinated with a bunch of her other public safety people, that was the turning point for me with this anime. I thought that this was just going to be like some perverted main character uh, who's probably overpowered because of his devil, which that may still be true. Um, goes around and just has like crazy adventures every day, killing devils as he's assigned to do. And then like, you might have this overarching storyline, but for the most part, that was it. And then when it got to that part on the train and you watch one of the main characters die like that, I was like, what the f-? Like it came out of nowhere. <laughs> and from that point on the entire tone of Chainsaw Man and what I thought of it completely shifted. But I will say to jump back a bit, that I I did think they did a good job, like episodes five and six, if if that's the episodes where they were trapped in a building on the eighth floor. Yeah, yeah, I think 
So it was it was around that area. Yeah, I don't know, like the six six area, something like that, six to eight. Uh, I think all of that is where it starts to become really good. But episodes like one through four or whatever, they're just they're just like obviously world building and setting up. And so it's I, the, yeah, it's like the classic. It's the classic like anime thing, and I think people make fun of anime watchers or whatever for this but it's the classic like just watch the first 50 episodes and then it gets good but like <laughs> yeah. it's it's the, it's the classic it's the anime classic where it's like just watch the first couple of, because at the end of the day what it is is every first every anime not every but most anime the first however many episodes is like it's got to like prime you prime you for you to even understand what you're looking at Correct. before it can put you in the world right like like even uh hunter hunter which there's no secret how much I love that anime. The first like couple episodes, even though I personally really enjoyed them, even when I watched them, like they were what they were. And when I went to a, uh, suggest Hunter Hunter to people, I, ha- I I needed to prime it. Like, look, just fucking trust. Because like I can get how just looking at the first couple episodes, you feel like ah, I've seen this before. Like, whatever. It's nothing yeah. interesting. I, it's really funny you say that. Just to interject real quick. Hunter Hunter is an anime. It's in my top five animes ever, right? It's not even finished. It may never be finished now, uh, but it's in my top five animes ever. And I don't. I'm a. I'm a harsh critic. Like I don't. I don't give things top five ever without it being really, really good in my opinion. So Hunter Hunter is an anime that I also prime it with. The first twenty episodes are mid. Like they're just. It's set up, but it's also just a lot of, in my opinion, unnecessary fluff. And then the it, it does that exact same thing that I described in this in the beginning of this podcast about the shift of the tone of the entire anime changes. And it kind mm-hmm. of never goes back. Like after episode 20 or so of Hunter Hunter, you discover what Nen is. And that had not been known to you prior to those first 20 episodes at mm-hmm. all. The concept of it, the way it works, the way people's abilities work and all of that was completely hidden from you for 20 straight episodes, which is actually longer than an entire season of like newer anime like you know everything is 12 episodes nowadays because of the animation quality they don't do like naruto used to do back in the day where anime just air every single week you know forever forever right they take these huge breaks that are like six months to a year long i know my hero actually came back after a little break and then things like demon slayer aired last year around this time or whatever and then it's it's coming back soon so you get Bro, the idea demon slayer and my hero came out like when naruto and bleach came out just like it's almost fun to imagine the amount of padding and filler arcs there would be like yes. think about like what would the filler arcs be and oh it would for sure <laughs> you know what be, i mean uh, like Nezuku being, I don't know, made advanced. What's the one kid who has the lightning ability? I forget his name. Zenitsu. It's Zenitsu. It would be Zenitsu constantly making perverted advances at Nezuko. That would be a whole episode of him trying to get at her and her just like not being able to speak back and just kind of running away, yeah. hiding behind there would, Tundra. There'd be an episode where she like runs, like she gets lost in like a city and so she's like walking around by herself and then like Zenitsu's like chasing her and being a pervert and then so like she needs to go back with him so she can get back <laughs> with the group but she doesn't want to go with him because he's weird and so she's like <laughs> running around the city and there would you know, be one with Inosuke and him trying to constantly compete against Tandro while Tandro is just doing regular everyday life things like folding his laundry um cooking like Inosuke be like I, I can chop better than you and he's like chopping really yeah. really fast and then like his his pile of potatoes and onions and stuff like that comes out way worse because he's just chopping it as fast as possible as though that makes the food better and it doesn't. So like I could definitely see filler arcs. I'm already writing them in my head, but you're absolutely right. If these anime came out years and years and years ago, decades ago, 
they probably wouldn't be as good overall quality. Well, that's just kind of a fact, right? Because things have just gotten better over time. But also the padding would be way worse. But this, these new school, I've accepted them for what they are. And I've said this in a previous podcast. I don't go into modern shonen with the eyes that I go into something like Death Note with because yeah, yeah. they're just not apples to apples comparison. Like you just, you're just not comparing apples to apples anymore. Demon Slayer is very fast paced. It's one of the issues and I'm using air quotes with it. It's one of the issues with that anime is that it's so fast paced that things are just happening so quickly. The main character is getting so much stronger so fast and you just kind of have to get used to that because the same thing is happening with Jujutsu Kaisen. The same mm-hmm. thing is happening with uh, Chainsaw Man, and I imagine that there are a ton of other anime that I do not watch where the pacing is very quick like that, and that's just kind of the new thing. It's kind of the modern thing to not have your main character develop for, again, Hunter Hunter, 20 episodes before they even discover what Nen is. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, the main character is shit for more than 20 episodes. Like, even after they discover it, he's still shit for a yep. very, very long time, right? So... That is not a thing that is being done anymore. The main character is just like ridiculous from the gate. You want to say something? Yeah, no, no. I, I just, I fully agree. And that's, it's funny. This all goes back to what we were initially saying, like the primer of like, you said the first three episodes of the show were, were whatever. Yeah. Um, like they were just like him going around killing things. Uh, he, he gets teamed up with Aki. Aki doesn't like him. And at some point, I think he kicks Aki in the balls. And I thought that, it's like a lot of funny yo, stuff. Okay. So that did make me laugh hard because like, I'm not used to anybody, not even just an anime, really in anything, just like straight kick on someone in the balls like yes. that. And then like, as Aki went to go get up, he just did it. He was like, why, why wouldn't I be able to do this again? And just like, <laughs> kicks him in the balls again. And then he has a quote. I actually, the quote was, uh, when fighting men, you kick them in the balls. Like that was like his quote. Yeah, like like he, the most basic thing like, ever. What I love is that Aki did the, uh, he broke the cardinal rule. There, there are a couple cardinal rules in life. One of them is that you don't fuck with the people who prepare your food. And another one of them is that you do not spit on someone. Okay? Like, that is one of the things that, as a kid, I was always taught is one of the most disrespectful things that you could possibly do to someone. So Aki, I think at one point, he, like, sucker punches Denji, knocks him into a bag of trash, and then throws his cigarette or puts his cigarette out on his body and then spits on him to kind of put out the cigarette, but also just to spit on him. And, yeah. like... He goes to walk away as though that was just okay. Like, I'm that nigga to steal on. And so Denji, <laughs> rightfully so, comes up from behind and kicks this man dead in his shit. And I did <laughs> laugh, too, because I didn't expect it. Like, I thought that was so random. But, yeah, I, I kind of like Denji's character after seeing that part. I, um, yeah, I like Denji's character in general. Like, he's, I, I enjoy the fact, because for a second, it took me a second to remember, because I didn't rewatch episode one after... Mm-hmm like watching it and then going back and i just i just went right to episode two because i remembered most of what happened but right. you you got to take into consideration a big part of his character and something that i pre- it's like how absurdly poor he was like the amount of yes. like poverty he was in so that that has like a play on his character and something that i appreciate is like the things he appreciates in life and his like dreams in life are so much simpler than everybody around him yeah so kind of the point where like they they don't believe that that could possibly be like his fuel for ambitions, but like it is like for him a warm bed and being able to put fucking jelly on toast oh, is like yeah. it's the greatest like you couldn't possibly give him anything more. So his ambitions are very <laughs> yeah. simple, but I, I enjoy that about his character. He almost has like a like a childlike innocence to him. He does, um, even though he is obviously a teenager. He definitely does have that childlike innocent quality about him in a sense that not innocent like oh. I am not capable of doing bad things, but innocent in that he's not 
he's not a real member of society like how you and I are, and we've been for a very, very long time. We just know, like, we take a lot of things for granted. We, yeah. we just, we don't really care. Like, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, sure, I'll be happy if you made me one. I love Uncrustables. Don't get me wrong. Like, I go up for Uncrustables. But it's not, like, the best thing in life to me, right? It's not my goal yeah. that I will be able to buy and eat Uncrustables for the rest of my life. Like, that's not a goal for me. It doesn't really make or break my life at all but for him it literally makes or breaks his entire life and i appreciate yep. that because he he cares so much he doesn't take anything for granted really yeah it's it's all, like and you see it when uh and so i agree with you one of my favorite like one of the the episodes that like i was in i was kind of like oh shit like this is really interesting was when they were stuck on the eighth floor of that hotel oh my god that's so and, that whole arc so good the things that were happening, like the one dude went down the stairs and then he came down from the top and then like (laughs) they were going in the door and come like, and everything they were doing was so interesting. They're trying to figure out what was happening. And that was was really 18 the entire time, no matter what time didn't move. So they were like, no one's actually going to come save us because time isn't actually moving in the outside world. It was really cool. So there was a part where like, they can't figure out what to do. And so then she's just like in one of the beds and he's like, this bed's really comfortable. And he's like, all right, I'm going to take a nap. Wake me up when you guys figure out like what we're going to do. Yeah. And they're like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, it'd be a waste to, it'd be a waste to not sleep in this bed. Like it's so comfortable. <laughs> and then, like, he just goes to sleep. He literally and everybody's does. like, everybody's like how bubble. the fuck, how the fuck is he sleeping in this situation? And like, that's something that I appreciate. It's like, at the end of the day, he's like, there's literally nothing I can do right now. Yeah. So I might as well like get some rest. I also <laughs> think that he says something along the lines of, because we have technically infinite time here, I can sleep as long as I want, theoretically, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. theoretically, I can just go to sleep. And this is this is kind of perfect. Time isn't actually passing, so I can sleep as yep. much as I want. And that's a, that's a thing that I wouldn't even have considered, right? Like, I would have been in instant panic mode. I would have been the one bitch who was literally a nervous wreck. I think her name is Kobeni. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I would yeah. have been like her. She is absolutely ridiculous. She's another character that's kind of unhinged, but she's a nervous wreck. And so she started panicking in this situation. And I think that I would have been a little closer to her in this situation where you go down the steps and you end up on the same floor. You go up the steps, you end up on the same floor. You open the door, you walk in and you can like see a mirror of the room across the hall somehow like a mm-hmm. lot of weird shit was happening the time is stuck at 8 18 on every clock you guys killed a low level devil when you first entered but like for some reason it's magic per se did not dispel itself and so despite the fact that you killed this thing which normally they explain i think aki says it he's like when you kill a devil its effects on the environment and everything about it goes away it dissipates and this is part yep. of the world building that i like about uh, I was going to say Jujutsu Kaisen because curses are very similar to devils. I was going to say also, just try not to lose your thought, Just to, but around this episode, this arc, I started to feel like this is very similar to JJK. Yes. But it's like, it's reined in a bit because obviously the Chainsaw Man is like kind of nuts, but it's the power level isn't yes. as high and crazy, but the feel of the show and what they're doing felt similar to JJK. Very similar. I agree. And so as they're doing this world building, there are other things that you find out throughout the show. And I'm not exactly sure when exact episodes, certain things are explained, but one of the big things is that devils get stronger based on people's fear of them. Okay. That like actually gives them a real power scale amp. It actually makes them stronger. So if you are afraid of me, 
I get stronger because of that. So something like the bat devil, you know, he's frightening to a regular human because he's like a big muscular bat thing. And that can be really creepy. Like if I saw that in real life, I would obviously be scared of him and that would give him a buff, right? If a crowd of people are running from him, that would literally make him stronger. But Denji, who looks at him as just nothing special and honestly just something to to get uh to feel on power's boobs is his motivation for getting back Miawi. so for him it's like if you're the only thing standing in my way i don't give a fuck what you look like or how frightening you might look with your sharp ass teeth i'm a chainsaw man i can cut you up i can slice you i can eat you i can do whatever i want and so he doesn't have fear and that actually nerfs the devils like they're actually yep. afraid so in this in this whole being stuck on a floor thing with the eternity devil i think that's what it was called yeah when they're stuck with the eternity devil it starts to get nerfed because there's no fear, but it starts to get buffed because people like Kobeni and everybody else starts to have legitimate, like the other girl, uh, Himeno, she literally starts to, at some point, lose it a bit too. She starts to wonder like, oh God, we're not going to get out of here. We're going to starve. At one point, they talk about how much food they have left. And then the next scene, Power's like, I eat all the food. And so <laughs> there's just a lot going on. But I like the idea that devils in, in the world of Chainsaw Man literally get stronger based on fear which then comes the overarching point or plot line, at least for right now in season one, is that the most powerful devil in existence is actually the gun devil. Yeah. And like, that is so brilliant in a really stupid way. Like everyone fears guns. Every yep. human being actually fears guns. So of course it makes sense that the most frightening thing that you could ever think about is a gun devil. Dingy is a chainsaw like he has a chainsaw devil or as far as we know because with these types of things after what has happened in one piece where we thought the rubber rubber fruit spoiler but like there's a lot that could happen with the main character and what you think their power is and then what it actually is later on uh so when they say he's like oh he's the chainsaw or, uh, that's what puchika was i'm not sure if that's true i didn't read ahead or anything yeah. i don't know anything about the manga this is just a season one review type of recap situation but especially because like they they seem to be hinting at like something else going on with Denji. There's the definitely fact that, something going on. The fact that like uh they want his heart and Makima they they it suggested that Makima knows more about Denji than she lets on and mm. there's just like some mystery around there. So Other you know there might be know, something. Yeah, they're after for some reason devils are after his heart. The gun devils after his heart. Uh, it's very strange because as far as we knew. Like, Pujika was just a tiny little dog-looking thing with a chainsaw for a nose. Like, it, it it honestly doesn't look any intimidating. Like, if I saw that in real life, I would be a little freaked out because it's alive, right? Like, it looks like yeah. a, plushie, a plushie that had come to life. But I don't know if I would be afraid of it in the sense that, like, I'm thinking that this thing is going to actually kill me. Like, I would just run away and, and close the door behind it or something. I don't know. But, like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not as frightening as, like, the Bat Devil. That thing terrifying like when it's like i want to drink the blood of children and then wash it down with a virgin's blood i was like okay that's like bro relax, <laughs> relax. he's like oh your blood tastes disgusting now i have to go into the city and find a pregnant woman and eat her and the baby and then i'll wash it down with some kindergartners i'm like yeah he was he was doing too much <laughs> yeah, like, even hearing him much. talk like that would frighten me right and then he would you know get all amped so i guess not that much of an amp because i'm a bitch but like if you know i would be afraid uh, but yeah, the, just the world building in general and like the mystery around Denji and what he actually is or why his heart is important. That's yeah. something that I can't quite pinpoint yet. But I love the idea of the gun devil being the the king of the devils, or at least right now. 
Yeah, it's cool because, like, it does make sense, too, even just on a basic level, like you already said, but then they explain it even more how, like, the amount of gun violence there was, and there was, like, terrorist attacks, and then there was, like, all the political talks about gun control mm -hmm. and all this stuff, so, like, all of that fear-mongering and talk and everything built up all this public fear, and it makes the gun devil even stronger, and it just makes so much sense how... I can't wait to see what the fuck he looks like, too. Like, Me, too. So... Like, in my head, he looks like Barrel Dragon. <laughs> like I, I can see Barrel Dragon, like, literally... Because cause Barrel Dragon... You have Chainsaw with, Man? Yes, and Katana Man. Yeah. They all kind of... Yeah, I could see that, where his head, his arms are just literally barrels and guns. They're, you know, it'd be really broken, I guess. But, yeah, I could I could see him looking really cool in that way. In, in, in the sense of what characters in his anime look like. Because... Chainsaw Man, before I ever watched it, I didn't really think that he looked cool, which is one of the reasons why I didn't really care for the idea of even watching this. Like, when yeah. this was being hyped up as the number one manga in Japan for, like, a month, because it's always Tokyo Revengers, and then Jujutsu Kaisen, and then Chainsaw Man, then after all of the hype dies down, it's just One Piece every time. Uh, so I, I didn't really care <laughs> too much for it when I looked at the cover art. But yeah, this the tone definitely changed around this time, and other cool things that they explain, like, in order for you to get your powers, you have to make a contract with a devil. And I mm -hmm. love that. Like, I love finding out how these people got their abilities. So Aki is very akin to a character in Jujutsu Kaisen that literally uses a fox demon, basically. Like, he can ma make his fingers go a certain way. It looks exactly the same, actually. Like, the finger thing that he does, like a dog symbol. It's actually really cool. Yeah. I was actually practicing it. It makes, it's like, like the, the fox face. Like yeah, you make the fox face like this. I'm doing it if you're watching this on Patreon. But you make, like, the fox face thing, and this big-ass head with these crazy Renegon eyes comes out of nowhere and, like, will eat you. Uh, so I, I like that when you said Jujutsu Kaisen and this have a lot in common, it's very blatant. And maybe this is some Japanese culture thing that... Like how QB is just a thing, or Karen is just a thing in Japanese lore. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's something to be said about that symbol. Like I've seen that before, literally in JJK and in other things. I feel like where they just make that little dog-looking face with their fingers. Yeah, so there's definitely something going on. But I remember I, I like I always associate it with NWO from WCW wrestling. Because <laughs> um, that's the, when they when they when they did the uh, the Wolf Pack. Like yes. that's what they used to do. Yeah, that's really cool too. But yes, I. The contract thing is really dope. So one of the characters who I thought had a really OP contract, or not necessarily the contract, but just the, the devil that she had, the ghost devil. So Jimeno has a contract with the ghost devil, and apparently she gave up one of her actual fucking eyes in order to get its power. And when they show you in that, in that arc where they're stuck in a building, when they show you her ability, it is, to me at the time, I was like, that is OP as hell. She starts choking someone, and you can't see anything. Mm -hmm. like you have no idea and I, I don't know if you ever actually do like i don't know if it's ever really visible unless it wants to be visible to you so like if i don't want it to be visible to you or if it doesn't want to be visible i don't know if you ever actually see it because at first you just see someone getting choked and then later on you start to see like oh there's a hand and then there's like this creepy looking woman whose eyes are closed shut by stitches essentially mm -hmm. with a bunch of arms for legs it's like really creepy looking yeah thing. there was a scene where they they let you see the arm choking somebody. I think she was choking power. Yeah. And then they showed it and like you could see the arm, but the, as they like move the camera behind her head, you could see the arm wasn't there. Yeah. And I like, it was almost to say like, this is what the arm looks like, even though nobody can see it. Like nobody can actually see it right now. We're just showing the viewer. Right, or whatever. That's exactly what I got from it. I was like, I don't know if people can actually see that. I just feel like it's one of those things where 
for the viewer's sake, it would be corny to be like, oh, it's the ghost devil doing it. And you never know. So before they really gave us like what it can do and what it looks like, I just assumed that that was going to be one of the most OP things in the entire series. And little did I know that shit quickly got, um, you know, power scaled up to where things just way more broken happen later on. But I do like the idea of the contracts. So, um, Real quick, something else I, I it enjoyed. I think it was maybe episode four or three, but they one of the episodes just opens with it's like a little kid and like he's sitting there. He's like, there's a sick kid with his parents. Like a kid comes in, he's like, I want to go play, and they're like, like, oh, your brother's sick. He's like, yeah, but he's always sick. When is he not sick? Yeah, and it's like he got, and then like the little brother goes out to play with him. They go out in the snow and they have like a snowball fight or whatever, and you know, it's just like these cute little brothers you know doing whatever and you don't really know where it's going and then he says like for him to go back inside and like get get gloves or something and then like so his little brother goes back in the house to get some gloves and then as soon as he goes in his entire house just gets dis- like thrown off the map there's yeah, a literally, fucking like literally destroyed i didn't even know just, what like, happened a, a be- yeah just like a beam but it wasn't a beam just like off the map completely destroyed and you watch this kid watch his his entire family and his brother basically just died. And I was like, Oh my God. And like, you're watching that. And then like the scene just like switches to Aki and you're like, Oh my God, that was like, you realize like, Oh, that kid is Aki. And it was cool because I do like the fact that I was watching a flashback that are, that are, is going to provide character development for this character. But at first I didn't even know I was watching a flashback. Like I didn't even know what, like for all I knew it was present day. Right. And then all of a sudden, it's you realize it's Aki and it like adds depth to his character and throughout the episode some things happen yeah it's really yeah there's, a, yeah, there's like a whole reveal with Aki's character because he tells you from the gate my parents my whole family was murdered by devils which is why yep. I am a devil hunter so that's a very basic motivation for any character in an anime to do anything right my family I had someone that I loved they were killed by this evil source therefore i hate this thing and now i'm i've become a police officer like I, my yeah, I, ba- yeah. batman was created how because his parents were murdered in an alleyway right so like a criminal created batman essentially and it's the same exact thing with aki he's like i'm a policeman now essentially because devils exist and they killed my family you don't know the circumstances of what happened to his family exactly how it happened what devil killed him i don't think he mentions it at first and nah. then it's revealed that the fucking gun devil is what killed his family. And in that flashback that Kenny's talking about, the the narrator, it sounds like Makima, but the narrator is saying how 1.2 million people were murdered in under five minutes. To yep. give you some context of how ridiculous that is, okay? We know, we know that the estimates for the Holocaust are around 6 million people. And that takes place over the course of years, right? Like actual years past for the Holocaust, but for 1.5, million people to die in five minutes, there's never been anything that catastrophic outside of something like an atomic bomb. And I don't, I don't even think that that was 1.2 million people, uh, in five minutes. Like I, I'm not exactly sure, but it would be atomic bomb level. Like if somebody dropped yeah. an atomic bomb on Philadelphia and wiped out the entire Philadelphia, then you get those kind of crazy ass millions of people in a very short time numbers. It is actually absurd when they said that because it wasn't spoken about as though it was an atomic bomb like a hiroshima nagasaki situation it was kind of like this incident happened and we all became extremely fearful of devils and all devils across the world got a buff because of that one thing like they explained it in that flight it's so crazy man 
Yeah, and when they show, like, what I don't know if this is exactly what happened, but it seemed like to me that beam thing maybe he shot just went really, 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 really fucking far. Like, it just yeah. was like this line that was not stopped, and it just ran through yeah, like, houses and villages of people. And I imagine we're going to get more context into that, but I, I agree with you. I think that it kind of just was a wave of energy that went around, and anything in its path I got killed and destroyed. L- literally yep. just that. I it also, looked like... If you ever played, I know you have, but in general, if you ever played Final Fantasy X, there's a part where toward the end of the game where Sin like does that. He like charges up this beam and he shoots it. And when he shoots it, like the whole like everything around it like warps and he just like obliterates everything yeah. like in this path. Yep. And that's what what it reminded me of. It was so crazy. It happened so fast though. Him and his brother, him and Aki and his brother were just playing in the snow. And they're having a little conversation, having fun. And then the younger brother goes back in the house. He turns around, looks looks at his older brother, closes the door. And the second he closes the door, he's out of sight. The house just gets obliterated. It is such a crazy scene because the, the start of the episode with that is out of, like out of nowhere. It was really well done. I just also Googled how many people were killed in Hiroshima and Nagasaki when the U.S. bombed Japan. Just to kind of clarify here, uh, total casualties. And this is all estimated because even to this day, it's not known the exact number of casualties caused by this catastrophic event, but uh, estimates for Hiroshima total casualties are 135,000, and for Nagasaki 64,000. So that is around 200,000 people killed by that. So just imagine 1.2 million people dying in 5 minutes for any reason ever. That is that is like, I, I actually can't fathom the idea of that. That would cause no, fear. Can't. That would cause a level of fear in me and probably everyone else that is like indescribable. Yeah. Cause think about this. Like America is the country that launched the, atom- like we are the only country yeah. <laughs> that used the atomic bomb. Right. And in using the atomic bomb, it made Americans scared. Like we're the ones that yes. used it. It made us scared of the atomic bomb. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> like we still fear and talk about, nukes and when other countries say that they have nukes we start wars over and stuff like that weapons of mass destruction whatever you want to call it but yes nukes are still feared to this day so i guess when i think about it and now that you just said that that kind of gives me some uh maybe some foresight thinking because you know how we get and we don't know like i haven't read the manga i don't think kenny has either so we're kind of going in blind with this but a nuke devil would i guess be way more feared than like a a gun devil It, it, it could be argued the other way though that guns are more like guns are scarier to the average everyday human than a nuke because I I guess there are less instances of us dying from nukes. You're scared of guns more often, even though like a nuke is scarier. Yeah, you're more often scared of guns because like a nuke, you're only scared of a nuke at least in present day when the conversation when it's thought of when the conversation is brought up. But in yeah. everyday life, like when I go out into the street, I don't think I'm going to get nuked. But absolutely not. I can live in a neighborhood where I'm like, I hope I don't get shot. Like, yeah, every day I leave my house because I live in Philadelphia. It's a major city. Major cities are notorious for having a higher crime rate than their surrounding suburb areas. And so every day in the city, you always hear about somebody getting shot. Uh, Philadelphia, I think, was like number one in 2020 for murder violence and number two in 2021 or something like that, like top three cities in the entire country for uh, gun violence. And I've become accustomed to just staying in my house a lot, going to play Yu-Gi-Oh! with my friends, but literally going from door to Uber to 
door to Uber back home. Like I don't, I'm not really mm-hmm. like outside walking around very often because of my natural fear. This gun devil will be so ridiculous in real life, but because of my natural fear of just violence that happens in the area. Like I don't live my entire life as a hermit and secluded because of it, but I do. I am pretty cautious about the idea you of being. Think- yeah, the unnecessary risk. Exactly. Yeah, I don't take any unnecessary risk in that. But yeah, a nuke, a nuke devil would theoretically, you could argue that it would be stronger because what nukes do, like how much life they wipe out at once and how there's nothing you could do about it. Like you really can't do anything about, if someone said there's a nuke coming for Philadelphia right now, launched from Russia or something, even though I don't really know how possible that is, but let's just say theoretically that that was possible, that Russia could nuke Philadelphia uh, if that was announced, like all my TVs, my computer screen, everything just popped up and was like, get to a shelter right now in less than like 10 minutes, the entire city might be wiped off the map. That would fucking terrify me. T- I, I don't even know like what I would do besides probably pray, right? Like I have no, like I don't have a bunker. I don't have anywhere to go. That would yeah. freak me out to no end, but it would also be a, a really scary if I just started hearing right now as we're recording this gunshots outside my window. Like that would, yeah. that would also make my entire, like the hair on the back of my neck would stand up and I would be terrified and have goosebumps and be like, oh my God, what is happening outside? Like that would really freak me out. So I, I, I guess I'm saying all of this to say the way that the devils work, right? Their mechanics are just cool. I, I haven't really yeah, heard of anything like this. It's also like, uh, it makes sense. Like it makes sense that their power, mm-hmm. cause like they're not going to train, right? There's something that's interesting. Like, you know, the, the, the villains in a series very rarely like also train and become like expert fighters. Like that's not really how it works. Right. So usually the monsters or whatever, they're not like characters that train and get, go to the gym and get stronger. They're usually just monsters in some way. Right. And so to be able to explain why or how they're that powerful, um, it's nice. It's just an extra bit of thought and world building that goes into it. That's like, okay, cool. This is nice. So the devil's, their power being directly linked to to fear of them or their concept um, makes a lot of sense and I think is really, really cool. Yeah, and I like that humans, regular everyday humans, can make a contract with them to get a portion of their power or however it really works. That part is still not all flushed out, but what we do know, so some things that do happen in season one, is that Aki starts off with that Fox Devil's contract, and then he loses it when Katana Man hurts the Fox Devil. Like, he summons it on him, and and the guy just cuts through it. And after that, he tries to call it again while he's in the hospital, and it literally does not respond. So you find out that the devils kind of have actual emotions, and it's like you called me in a bad spot, or you're not strong enough to protect me or use my power in a in a way that would make it where I don't get hurt. So I'm not going to lend it to you anymore. And so he no mm-hmm. longer, as far as we know, he no longer has access to that ability, and that's a big deal. Like he's basically powerless for a little while. And in, in that sense, then we find out that he also has a sword on his back that he's not really supposed to use because it's like a cursed devil, and the sword looks like an actual nail. It's really cool concept. Never seen this either. So every time I think that something is cliche, Japanese writers just keep showing me, or a mangaka, they just keep showing that they can make something cool out of anything. Like his sword, yeah, is a, yeah. it's an actual nail and it's cursed. And if he hits you with it three times, it like the devil will then come out, come out of nowhere, literally out of nothingness and, and kill you. It's a really like dope concept for that. But when he uses it, it, it drains his actual lifespan. So there's a part, I think, where he asked the devil in seclusion, he's kind of by himself, and he asked the devil, how much longer do I have left to live? And it comes up and it says, you have around two years. You have under Which two years. Which is absurd. That is actually insane. 
like to, that's something that I did something I didn't expect from the show is like I you know I just didn't expect for example Jimeno in not a single spot on my bingo card was her dying like, I, <laughs> me I either for sure she was a mainstay character for the series like did not think she was going to die so when she died I because re- I really I was like her. growing to like her character like I was enjoying her character a lot I thought it was she made that little deal like hey you help me get with Aki I'll help you get with Makim and like yep. She was just cool. She had like good energy. She was fun. She seemed really uh, relatable. Like just a very she yeah. liked to, she liked to drink and have fun. She gets a little loose when she drinks. Don't get me wrong. Like there were definitely some things that gave oh me. You God. had some. Tra- there's some trauma in your life for sure. And when you said, "Oh my yeah, God," man. I already know what you're thinking of. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's a lot that happened. Dog, could you imagine? Because she's bad, right? She's bad. Yeah. Could you imagine you're 16. Your first ever kiss is like this smoking hot babe, right? Yes. She's kissing you all up. Mm, mm, mm. And then, and like, all of, of people, us. So you're kind of happy, like, oh, yeah. Because, you know, as a boy, yeah. when you're a teenage boy, one of the and best yeah. things about girls is that other guys knowing that you've been with a girl in any way. Like, if you kissed a girl, if you hugged a girl, if you walk a girl home, everyone kind of like, oh, yeah, they go short. Yeah, yeah. You was with <laughs> Brittany yesterday. Like, every, like it's kind of a, it's kind of an ego thing. Like, men are just naturally happy up, and when you're younger anyway, about like, oh, I was with this girl. So, everyone yeah. is seeing them kiss, and she's like, I'm, you know, I'm on, I'm feeling you. But yeah, go ahead. And, and then she fucking throws up in his mouth. <laughs> Dude. Just and he didn't know what was going on, and then like, and then all of us, and then they show him in the bathroom, and he's like just oh, puking man. and puking, and then like the one guy's like talking to him and says like something about him being jealous for something, and he looks up at him, and he goes, <laughs> dude, you're fucking jealous of me, like my first kiss tastes like puke, like what the and fuck? And he said every time I ever kiss from this point on, I will always think about puke. Yeah, and the, and the oh taste that God. it leaves in your mouth, and I think even Makima, when he's outside, she tells him to go get some air. Makima walks up with a lollipop, and she's like, "Listen, the reality is, you will probably think of the what puke tastes like forever. Like that will never change. Every time you kiss someone, every time you think about kissing someone, you'll probably always imagine what puke tastes like, synonymous with that thought. But." What you can do is just kind of like, you know, move on all this and other create, stuff. Yeah, and, cre- and like create another memory. That's something that's so interesting about Makima is that, first of all, you can just tell by looking at her that she's fucking scared. Like, there's something going the fuck there on is. with her. What like, do you she, mean? She like, is terrifying after this season. She, she is absurd. But even before the yeah, thing, I, I agree. she's absurd. And um, it's interesting because, like, her interest in Denji and, like, the way she conducts herself is really... Like, when... She, like, treats Denji like this pet, like a dog. Yeah. And, like, for Denji, like, that doesn't feel belittling because, like, the way he grew up, like, he loves the... Like, he can't believe somebody wants to take care of him or care yep. about him in any way. So, like, he loves it, Um, whereas I think other people could potentially, like, be disrespected by it and not yeah, appreciate if a, it. if a person that I like started referring to me as an actual dog, right, that would be condescending to me because yeah. I don't feel that way and I'm not destitute like denji so is there's nothing cute or or nice about you referring to me as a dog and giving me commands like a dog and stuff like that and just everything that you say about me is is a dog pronoun or or a synonym for dog right like that would yeah. not make me very happy but for him he loves being her pet like that actually yeah, yeah. turns him on it, a bit and it makes her he's on it yeah and so it was cool because first of all I didn't realize until the one episode of the went drinking that he's 16. They probably said in episode one, but I forgot. But Same. he's 16. And not, so not only is he extremely poor, destitute, and he grew up like in debt like his whole life. Like He has this very absolute struggle of a life. He's also 16, so he's young. 
And so there's things he never got to experience. So some of his motivations really make sense. And it's not just to be funny. Obviously, part of it is that it's funny, but his motivations make sense for being somebody who has nothing and is 16. So anyway, one of his motivations is like to touch a boob. Like he wants to like he's never touched a boob before. (laughs) He wants to touch a boob. And then so when everything happens and stuff with power happens and he finally gets to touch her boobs, he's like. Wow, this is it? Like, there's nothing. You know what's really so cool about it. that? I didn't think that it was going to happen. Okay, I thought because yeah. I've seen so many anime or stories and stuff where a character has a motivation, right? And it's something perverted like that, and it never really comes to fruition. Like, I think mm-hmm. there's a part where Jiraiya wants to spy on women in the hot tubs. Naruto kind of wants to do similar things because he's inspired by Pervy Sage, and they don't actually get to really do those things. I think Tsunade yep. catches him peeking, and she hurts him, and she puts him near death and stuff like that. But oftentimes when these characters have these kinds of motivations, they don't really come to fruition. So when he's like, my motivation is I want to feel on boobs. I was like, God damn it. Is this going to be an anime? And this is me trying to predict everything, but is this going to be an anime where the main character never gets to feel boobs? And every time he comes close to it, something yeah, random something happens random. that yeah. prevents him from doing it. So when she's like, yo, if you save Meowie, I'll let you find my boobs three times. And he goes and does it. And so the next episode, I'm like, all right, like, it's time, right? Like, give my man his just due. Don't fuck him over. Like, I actually want my man to get to feel these boobs and go on about his life and learn what it's like to feel a girl's titties. So he, she brings him in the bathroom at one point and it's like this whole moment. And honestly, I was nervous. I was nervous like it was me. Bro, I was so, I was like, somebody's going to barge in. Aki's going to come and say, what the fuck are you two doing? Get out of my bathroom. Yeah, yeah. I was like, something is going to happen. And he's not going to get to touch him. So as the scene is happening, my palms are sweating and he's all like super happy about it. Like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> and he gets all close to him and then he squeezes him and he keeps squeezing him. And like you said, then he gets to the point where he's like, uh, this isn't actually as insane as I thought it would be. Yeah. And so I thought that was cool. And then the follow ups, because like now he's like. So he says something actually pretty profound. Like it's, it's like a couple days later or whatever. And he's in Makima's office and he has to do paperwork. And she's like, what's wrong with you? Like, what's your problem? Like you haven't been yourself. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, I had a goal and I achieved, I finally achieved my goal. And I realized like I was sad. Like it didn't, he was like, is my whole life going to be like, th- it doesn't matter. And is the journey just always better than the destination? Right. And he was like, it feels like it was worth like all this stuff. And then she asked like what the goal was. And he says like, I like to touch boobs or whatever. Right. Mm. Really silly. But, but then, and this is where it's weird. Like, why would this, so she goes and she starts like caressing them and seducing them and like explain to them, like it's, it's so much better when you actually know the person and you have a connection and feelings with the person. So she's whispering in his ear and like, and like letting, uh, and like biting his finger and like doing all this stuff. And then when he feels her boob, all he has like this electric that goes through his body. Like it feels so much different because of the buildup and what went into it, which is true in real life. Like the, the feelings and the, the understanding makes things feel better. So anyway, um, the point is though, is, Makima is so interesting because like like you said, the part where she gave him that lollipop and like the indirect t- kiss and kind of teased him. And then she when doesn't she caressed have to him do and, any of that. She doesn't have to do any of this. But and it seems like she has this very special interest in Denji, which goes back to there being something more yes. than him just being this chainsaw devil. I want to touch on what you said about the goal versus the chase, because I relate to that on a very deep level in real life. I actually have what I I don't know if there's a real term for this. 
but I made it up years ago for myself because I have like a shopping addiction in general. But then I, what I specifically have is tracking addiction. And I don't know if there's actually a term that's used for people who are addicted to the idea of just tracking packages, but not actually once that, once you get the item, I don't care about it as much as I did before I had it. So, mm-hmm. so that for me, the chase of acquiring something actually feels way better than when I finally have it. And it's just part of my collection of things that I have now. I yeah, also yeah. talked about this in our cartoon network episode when I brought up Dexter's lab and how Dexter had in one of the episodes, did he finds his, it's like a lab behind his lab and it's all of his old experiments and old machines that he created that he no longer cares about. And they kind of revolted against him because they had been discarded because after he created something new, he only cared about the new thing. And then he goes on to create something new after that and discards the, the thing that was previously the newest. I suffer from this as well, where the chase for me, a lot of the time, the, the idea of something is better than actually the thing itself. And to be more specific, to not be all ambiguous about this, uh, there have been people that I've had a crush on on like Instagram and stuff like that, right? Like I've had crushes on people, like we all follow people on Instagram that we probably just find attractive. And you say to yourself, this person's too hot. I'll never be with this person. Or maybe they live somewhere really far or whatever the case may be. You're like, this person isn't actually attainable, but Mm -hmm. the idea of them, like the idea of sleeping with them or fucking them or kissing them or taking them out, whatever you want to do, like the idea of that is so strong and it kind of like makes you like them. I've had instances where I've actually gotten to meet and court some of my Instagram crushes and they like me back and everything is going great. And like we go out on dates and then I've even had instances where we end up having sex and everything. Like I ended up fully having sex with some of my Instagram crushes. I've dated Instagram crushes and made them into like actual relationships and stuff like that. And it never actually feels as good as before they were like palpable and tangible in front of me. Mm-hmm. Right. Like once I actually got the person in front of me and I was able to like sleep with them or take them out. It was never as good as what it was in my head when it was a chase. And so, yeah, it's when they have that brief little exchange about, you know, one, it feels better when you know the person. And I agree with that. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a guy who's good with hookups. I'm I've just never been that way. Like hookups for me aren't as fun as you know, when you know someone for a long time, when you guys have chemistry and like you've been maybe dating for a while and all that stuff. And then everything that you do physically with that person feels better. Don't get me wrong. I've obviously hooked up with people before. Like I'm a, I'm a human. I've lived long (laughs) enough. I've had my experiences where it's just like, yeah, we're just having casual sex and there's no strings attached and we don't really know each other that well. That has definitely happened, but there's been times where it's like, I'm not really into this because we don't really know each other. It's just a body. Like it could be anyone's body really. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't really mean anything. Whereas like, you know, if you know the person I agree with Makima is like, if you know the person, it feels better that way. So you don't really know Jimeno that well. So it's not exactly the best thing in the world to like, Oh, when she offered him to have sex, because I think at one point when she's drunk and I was glad that this didn't happen, but when she was drunk, she tried to sleep with him. And I was like, this is awkward because technically that is a form of rape. Like if, if one person is drunk and then granted, I think that she ended up getting him drunk somehow too. But like if one person is drunk and they technically can't consent under that, right? Like she's drunk. He's not, let's say that is yeah. considered a form of actual rape. What's interesting too, is that it's like a form of rape in both directions. In both because, ways. Cause he's because 16 too. He's underage. Exactly. He's she underage. 
And yeah, the next morning she's like, "Thank God we didn't do anything because like yeah. they put people." He was like, "They put." She was like, "They put people in prison for that." But then on the other hand, like you said, if she's drunk and he's not, then it's like, oh, so it's like really awkward. And, yeah. And like I would not want to be a lawyer on that case. Yeah, and I'm not, and that's why that's why I keep on saying technically because I am not a. Uh... I'm not a lawyer. I'm not somebody who studied the law and knows the law very well. But I, throughout my life, I've heard many times that, you know, if one person is drunk and they can't consent, it is it is considered rape, right? So, and I, and I agree. Like, if I am drunk and you take advantage of me and we end up having sex and you're just completely sober or whatever, that, I feel like that's kind of fucked up. So, when that was happening, when she was all on top of him and stuff, I was like, oh, this feels so gross because, you know, it's a double standard, right? If we were watching a scene where she was drunk and he was older and he was the one trying to sleep with her. We'd be watching a very different tone. It, watching yeah. it was like, oh, I'm uncomfortable, but I'm not uncomfortable in the sense that he's trying to force himself on her. She's forcing herself on him, but because it's a man and a woman in the opposite way, it doesn't feel the same. That's just like a real double standard that we just have to accept exists, right? Like that's just, yeah, yeah. That's just how it is. Like I don't feel the same. Maybe this is, this is a problem in society, but I don't feel the same when a woman is like coming on to a man really strong as I do with a man trying to force himself on a woman. It's just a very different thing. And I think it will always be like that because it is yeah. kind of known I mean, that men are just, we're stronger. Like, you know, we have a history I of also, really bad shit. Yeah, not to get too off topic, but I also do think that it is just true, whatever the reasons may be, that men are more aggressive and like just more disgusting than women in some yeah. way. Like, like period. Like the, I, they, there was an interview I saw recently with uh, Chris Hansen, the guy that did that How to Catch a Predator show, yeah. where he's literally, it's a, it's like a show about catching predators, right? <laughs> um, somebody asked him, they said, in all the time you did that show, right, which is like multiple seasons, and all the time that you did that show, did you guys ever catch a woman? And his answer was no. In every episode of How to Catch a Predator, oh, it is shit. always a every single episode. It is a guy that is the the predator they are catching, um, which just kind of goes to show you, like there is, you like there's something different about men the and dynamic. women. There's something, yeah, the dynamic, there's something just wrong and disgusting about a lot of men. When it's a when it's a man in in the position of power, right? It is it is definitely a double standard as opposed to a, a being a woman in a position of power because you could argue that in that moment where she's all on top of Denji, she's definitely the aggressor there. She's definitely the one in power. I think he was borderline unconscious. He was kind of just like yeah, laying yeah. there and kind of paralyzed, powerless. He was he's never been drunk, or at least I don't think so. So he's just kind of laying there, unable to really do anything. And she's like, "Do you want to do it?" She's take she takes his pants off. He doesn't do anything about it. And whether whether he wants it or not in that moment doesn't matter because he's under the influence and he's also a minor he can't consent yeah, no matter yeah. what you're a fucking adult like there's a whole lot going on but yeah like you said not to get like too too sidetracked topic. But, but I just kind of yeah, wanted to same as you though I felt uncomfortable a tiny bit but yeah, really like, just like a, a tiny, tiny bit. bit yeah like a tiny like, I'm like okay, I was also just watching it yeah and I was like whatever like but like you said, if it was the other way around, if like Denji was 24 or whatever. Right. And, she was 16 uh, and she was drunk and he's like, try, or she, he got her drunk because that's what she did to him. I would yeah. Be like, I was like, like, what? Whoa, the this is fucked fuck? up. Yes. And not to say that there's not some Japanese mediums that definitely do go there, right? Like, I've definitely seen my fair share of like anime or manga that just the Japanese have different laws and stuff over there. And I definitely do not agree with some of the things that they are willing to show and do. And we have very strict and thankfully so 
like laws over here about that type of thing. But I didn't know what I was watching at first. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, please don't let this go down the way I think it's about to go down, even though it, you know, it is a guy being taken advantage yeah. of. It's still like, what is it still? Fun? So, yeah, whatever it may be, it's interesting. Like, whether it's society that calls these or whatever it is, but we do think about it differently. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's a good thing or a right thing, but it's just like, at the moment where I am in my life, where it's like, it does feel different when you see it that way. Yes. Now, another thing that I noticed about the world building, and, and I was going to say Jujutsu Kaisen again, in Chainsaw Man, the contracts are not equal. Mm. No, so they're not. We find this out when Aki loses his fox power, and he now has to make a contract with a new devil, the future devil. So they're all talking about it, and they're bringing him down, and I think someone explains to him that the previous person who made a contract with the future devil had to give up several of their limbs or some shit and their hearing yeah. and their eyesight like a, an absurd number of things that i would never be willing to give up unless you were giving me the actual power to walk time like you would have to be giving me the utmost ridiculous thing where i could change the lives of every person i've ever come in contact with that i care about at the sacrifice of me being deaf and blind and losing all of my limbs and shit like that like i would never do that unless it was absolutely yeah. unreal what you're giving and then, me. What did they say the second person gave up? I think somebody gave up, like, I know some people gave up limbs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think the one person was both eyes. Yeah, but what's, think, yes. What's, <laughs> oh my God. What I'm curious about is if Makima has that power. Oh, same. Because you noticed that. Because you caught it. And they kept, they, like, it, it's, they basically were saying, like, she can see the future to some degree. The like, one they were, guy asked her, did you know that that attack on our divisions? How far did you know it was going to happen? Like, did you know it was going to happen? And how far in advance did you know that that was going to happen? Yeah, and it was like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't ask me that question. Like, there's a reason why he's asking her that, yes. right? Like, and then and on top only, of that, like... Only top-level people know about her contracts. Yeah, so I'm real curious. All our, Like, she is fucking broken. Before we like, get to her, because I definitely want to do a whole little segment on Makima that, alone. Uh, so Aki, as he's getting the future devil contract, and they explain to him what other people have given up, you're thinking to yourself, dear God, this man, only, he, we already know at this point, I think, that he has less than two years to live. Yep. So I'm like, what else could he fucking possibly give? It? Like, there's, I can't give anything else. So when the future devil meets him and he says, peek your head into my chest, and then, you know, I'll look at your future. And also, I love out. the future devil. He's just like, he's like, the future is awesome. And he's like, dancing <laughs> and shit. He, like, he wants him to say it. He's like, say it. The future like, is awesome. The future rocks. <laughs> yeah, he's a rant. He's a troll. So I knew his. I knew he would be powerful as fuck for no reason. But yeah, after he sticks his head into the future devil, uh, <laughs> the thing just decides that he doesn't need to give up anything, actually. He said, your death is going to be so fucking spectacular that all I want is to live inside of your left eye. I think it's his left eye. All I want is to live inside of one of your eyes so that I can watch when you die because it's going mm -hmm. to be that insane and he's like also i know how you die do you want me to tell you and this is what i love about aki's character he's like i actually just don't even fucking care mm -hmm. i don't want to know i don't really care either it doesn't matter i just need your power and he gets so the power. all i need yep i just want i just need to kill my targets and nothing like that's all i need nothing else matters and, and then when we find out what the power is it's a shining on like full spoiler alert it is just a Sharingan. He literally gets the power of season one Sharingan, specifically. Because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Sharingan starts bringing down meteors and shit after a while. But but before before it does that, it used to just be able to see people's movements prior to them making the actual movement. And so he gets the ability to peer into the future by, like, 
a nanosecond or something. And that's what I think it starts as. I think that that's like the base point of it. And yeah, you yeah. know how scaling goes in shonens and in manga. It's going to probably get more out of hand or he's going to get stronger and faster where that nanosecond thing that he can see matters a huge amount. I'm not yep. exactly sure how long it was that he could see into the future, maybe a few seconds or whatever, but I'm just going to say like a nanosecond just to make it sound cool. But yeah, he can see into the future when he's fighting and he ends up fighting that girl Akane who has the snake devil. I don't really know what it's called, but it's like a snake devil and it beat the ghost devil in like one shot. Um, yeah, he uses it against her and he's able to dodge all her attacks and dodge everything that the I think at one point the ghost devil was attacking him and stuff. And so he kind of realized that I don't fear you anymore. Therefore, you can't hurt me. And he tells like Himeno, who's passed away, like, you know, I'm going to continue on like I said I would do in honor of you. And he has the cigarette that she gave him. She's the person that actually got him addicted to cigarettes. So her character, I said she was unhinged earlier. And what I mean by that is she almost slept with a minor because she got too drunk. So she turns up to a point where she's no longer in control of her actual inhibitions. But then she also got another kid basically addicted to cigarettes. Yeah, but it was cool. I liked when they showed the the extension of the flashback when yeah. like she forces the cigarette on him, and then he and then he says like, you know, you're really fucked up. Like you're trying to get a minor to smoke cigarettes, and she goes, wait, what? You're a, oh my god, give me it back. She's like, you can't have it. She's like, but as soon as you're legal to smoke cigarettes, like like this is the one you're gonna smoke. Um, she also did something similar when they were at the bar. Uh, they were all drinking, and then she found out that um, then she was sixteen. And then she goes, wait, what? What have you been drinking? And he goes, oh, I'm just, I, just, I just had tea. And she goes, good. Like, you're not allowed. But it's funny because, like, she is unhinged and kind of wild and kooky. But then when she does find out that, you know, you're underage or, or that you can't do whatever it may be, she's like, wait, hold on. No, hold on. Wait a second. We're all just having fun, but you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> she's, she's all over the place. She's, like I said, borderline sleeping with a oh, minor. I did like the part, too, where um, they all feel bad about wanting to kill Denji, and then, like, Aki's explains, like, they, you know, these two feel bad, they, they feel like they might have to quit, like, I, like, because they were almost going to kill Denji, and then Ameno goes, yeah, but I almost did that, too, like, they need to get over it, stop right. being, kids are so sensitive, and he's, and it's, like, it's so weird, because, like, the person that should be sensitive is Denji, right, because, like, three people tried to kill him, but he's just, like, she's the one saying, like, oh, they're sensitive for, for feeling bad about wanting to kill him. Like, get over it. That was yesterday. <laughs> oh, man, this sh this show really is, uh, it's, it definitely caught me off guard. It subverted a lot of my expectations. I kind of went in with low expectations just because it's called fucking Chainsaw Man, of all things, and yeah. then it just ended up being good. Like, I don't know what how else to put it, but it just ended up being good. And yeah, my my expectations were mixed in that I saw the manga art, and from what I've seen in the manga, the art is like really, really good and clean. And mm -hmm. so I really enjoyed that about what I've seen from the art of the manga. But then, like you said, it's called Chainsaw Man, and like it looked kind of silly, and so I didn't know what to really expect from the plot. And so, um, you yeah. know, I just went into it with kind of just like we'll see what happens. But it is pretty good. Like I I, I enjoy it. Um, it's not my favorite thing that came out last year, but I do really like it and yes. I can see, I can see potential and that's something Same. that's exciting me. I'm very interested in what's been put forward. And even though right now 
I don't think it's incredible. I can see where it can go somewhere incredible, and I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see if that happens. So let's talk about Makima finally, because this is probably the moment that a lot of you have been waiting for. She is right now the main character of the show that's making it interesting, right? Like she is her and the gun devil are the two biggest mysteries in the show. And I just love the mystique surrounding her. It's the same reason why I think Demon Slayer's villain is so good, Muzan, is because we Mm -hmm. don't know a lot about him. And that keeps us wondering and wanting to see more you only get a little bit of them every season so there's not a lot of makima in the season right like you don't get to see her that much and primarily focuses around the actual main character aki himeno those guys power all of them makima when she's on screen though your eyes are kind of glued to her not to mention her character design is really cool the way Mm -hmm. her eyes actually look like i love it Her, her, her actual eyes just look really dope to me yeah and uh, like you said, there's speculation that she might have the future devil as well as a contract, but we can't seemingly tell that she's given up anything. Like, to yeah. us, it doesn't seem like she's given up anything. We don't know. Maybe she gave up emotions or something. I don't know. But like, I was I was thinking the same thing. Maybe she gave up like emotions to some degree, like because she's she is always just center. Like there is not she never yeah. she's never. St- flipped in any direction like she's always just like center no matter what situation whether she's seducing somebody whether she's getting shot in the back of the head whether she's <laughs> murdering 30 people she, her 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 emotional she just always seems very center like yes. nothing is swinging her in any direction so her ridiculous power that she starts using after the attempted assassination on her people just started getting crushed okay and the only time i've ever seen something similar is in mm-hmm. Hunter Hunter. When Al was Aluka, is that the name of yeah. the so Aluka and Hunter Hunter is the younger brother slash sister of Killua. And they kind of keep this sibling locked up because their power impinges on actual reality. The, that character has a reality warping ability that will probably beat 99.9% of other anime characters who do not have reality warping abilities. It's one of those Mm -hmm. really dumb, like, why you exist? This isn't a fight. Don't say Goku versus this character because this character can make Goku not exist. Um, So when I saw what was happening to the criminals, the gangsters, they just started getting actually collapsed into nothingness. And it just leaves behind a shit ton of blood and clothes. It's very scary we don't exactly know how it works, but all we do know is that she asked her driver to take her to the highest point that they could get to quickly. The mm-hmm. highest point in Japan that they could get to in, in the fastest amount of time. Right? So that was the first criteria. Then she asked for blindfolded criminals who were serving 20 years to life sentences. Like, if you were serving some severe uh, sentence for doing something really heinous, I need like 20 or 30 of those people at the top of this height, like whatever the highest point is, bring them here, have them blindfolded, and I'll take care of the rest. And and you don't know what's happening because when it starts to go, to go down, like I said, people just start dying and they start getting squished into nothing. And then you see her doing this really sick hand motion where like she takes both of her palms wide open and she puts them together. She starts to twist them around. And as she's doing that, they show you a person literally getting squished into like like yep. a comp- like he's being compacted he's being fucking compacted as a person it's just crazy and that's i was going to say another thing that she maybe has a deal with a devil because what i what i got from that scene specifically was that what she was offering was their these people's lives like she literally offered the like she needed 30 prisoners 
Because every time she went to each one, told them to say their name. Yes. And then, like, they fucking die. So, like, they but fall over and die. That is and broken because how the fuck are you offering other people as part of your contract? Like, that yeah, is that's so absurd. Wild. It really is absurd. <laughs> that's so but that's wild. what it seemed like to me. It seemed like she was offering other people's lives as the contract. I agree. And then, yeah, her killing other people. One, like, so broken. She's walking to each criminal and saying, say this name. And they would say it, and when they said it, she would stand up, do her little fucking palm thing, and another person would just get squished. Really ridiculous. We have no idea what her powers are, where her contract is, but the mysticism surrounding her is one of the reasons why I think the show is actually just good. Period. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so good. Also, another scene that I thought was amazing, and this is one of the things I love about her personality. Like you said, she's very center all the time. So after the assassination attempt and the first, second, and third division are all being combined with the fourth division now because most of them got wiped out, except her. And one of the guys who was the head of one of the divisions, he comes up to her at the train station as he's giving his two underlings to her. He says, uh, how far into the future did you know that this was going to happen? Or like, did you know that this was coming? And he also mentions prior to that, I'm resigning. This is my resignation. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm giving these two to you. And I'm also resigning from public safety. I'm no longer going to do this. It's gotten too out of hand for me. Things are just out of control. I feel like the world is spiraling. I don't want to do this job anymore. So when he asked her that question, like, how far into the future did you know that this was going to happen? She looks at him and says, I can't disclose that with civilians, but thank you for your service. And she turns around and walks away. And when I tell you I was gagged, like, I was gagged, okay? Because he told her at the beginning of their little session, like, I'm resigning. I no longer want to do this shit. Basically, I'm a coward. I'm running away. And, you know, she doesn't react to that at all. Like, she doesn't really care about that. And this is the center thing. Like, she's just calm and collected all the time. But he says, like, I'm resigning. And then later on, he has the nerve to ask her, like, did you know that all these people were going to die? Did you know that you were going to be attacked? And she just smiles at him kind of, like, blankly and says, I can't discuss mm -hmm. that with civilians. <laughs> calling him a civilian when he was, like, one of the top officers is just the level of condescension oh. in that like the level of condescension in that is so crazy. But she's so like, oh, thank you quick. for your service. I love it. Love it. She she's awesome. When when she goes to the the mobster's home and she's just sitting in there, and then like at one point they all like pull guns on her or something again, and she's just like doesn't she, care. She like never it's there's so many situations where, especially toward the latter half of the season, where she's just in situations and nothing matter like dude the one scene on the train where everybody gets shot in the back of the head is insane and then they show her body just slumped yeah, we see her and, dead and i was sitting here like so and what's fucked up is this part gave me hope because i saw her dead and i was like well she's not dead like i knew for an app i saw her fully dead body yep. bullet in the back of her head i still I was like i like sat up in my i was i was slouched on my couch when i was watching it i watched it on new year's eve okay i was slouched on my couch kind of just sprawled out and mm -hmm. uh that made me sit up seeing her get shot and her lifeless body on the train with all the blood and everything i said oh shit yeah oh, yeah yeah oh shit i just did yeah. not see it coming but go ahead did not see it coming but but at the same time, I was like, I know for a fact that this character is not dead. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. Right. But it's like, I know for an absolute fact this character is not dead. So when Jimeno was saying like to her, the ghost devil, when she was like, I offered you everything. Because uh, she <laughs> yeah. wanted to try to say. And then like, you see her like her arm just disappear. Yeah. Her other arm just disappear. Her waist disappear. And as she's like trying to fight. um. The uh, the, Akane the and the katana, katana man. 
Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, this is fucking horrible. But then I was like, I was like, how is she going to get out of this? At this point, I'm like, she still makes it out of this alive somehow. Oh, yeah. And then, like, she legitimately is just completely dead. Like, and I couldn't believe it. She walks off the train and she says, there was an attack. A lot of people died, but not, but not me. (laughs) He's like, are you like, everyone died except me. Just like that. Like, she's so calm with it. Like, everyone else died except me. And the scene mm. just changes. I'm like, and I love the way the episode starts because I think that the episode ends with the assassination thing. And mm-hmm. then the next one kind of starts with her just walking off the train casually as though nothing actually happened. <laughs> like at some point during the episode where you see her alive, it's just like that didn't happen. But you see that there's bloody bodies all on the train still. And like she just yep. walks off completely unscathed, clothed, not even like super bloodied up or anything like that. She just kind of like, I don't know. The whole thing is weird to me. Her powers are really, really weird. But like you said with the Yakuza balls, she was surrounded by a bunch of men in a room. She's sitting on a couch. And honestly, kind of made me think of the memes of like, yeah. you know, where a bunch of guys are surrounding a girl on the couch, right? Like, it, it made me think of that. It, it kind of, maybe that's even the intent there. Anyway, she's talking to a Yakuza boss. And she's like, I want to know who was responsible for the attack on public safety a couple days ago. I want to know all of their names. I want you to write them down. And I also want you to give me the names of their family members. Mm-hmm. And he explains that the gun devil had a contract. And we gave $20,000 and we got guns in exchange and all this other stuff, right? Because guns are banned in Japan. The only people who have them are public safety and police officers. So guns are literally, and this is real too in real life, like guns are just not a real thing in Japan for regular civilians like they are in the United States. Um, so he's explaining, like, yeah, guns are banned or whatever. But with the gun devil, we gave up some money. And they gave, we got a bunch of guns in return, which is why all of these criminals, all these gangsters actually have firearms. And so after she says, you know, write down the names and give me their families, she gives a bag of eyeballs, like a bloody bag of eyeballs. And she says, these are the eyeballs of like the families of all the people who were involved or some shit. Yeah. What happened was she first asked <clears throat> after he gives him all of the information on his gang, she says, okay. I want the information on all the other gangs as well. And he goes, I'm not a snitch. I can't, I'm not going to tell you who in the other gangs were involved. And then that's when she brings out the bag of eyeballs. And she's like, basically says like, she says, these eyeballs were members of their, like the people in that room. They were like, these are the eyeballs of your family members. Like your moms, your aunts, yep. your and we girlfriends. Have somebody that can like give them back and put them back intact. Uh, but if you don't comply, then there's really nothing that I will be doing for you. And when she makes that threat, one of the regular grunts decides to aggress her and put his arm on her shoulder. And she mm-hmm. turns around and looks up at him while still seated, makes no facial expression whatsoever. She looks completely indifferent to his touch. And as she looks at him, my man's nose starts bleeding. He collapses on the ground. And from what I believe, he's probably just fucking dead. Yep. Okay. I don't know yep. what happened to this man, but all he did was touch her. She made eye contact, and then he literally fucking collapsed and died. Probably, she's ridiculous. She's absolutely ridiculous. It was a rap. It was yeah. just a fucking rap. Yeah, she's fucking cool, man. She looks cool. Her character design. Uh, I do love the um. It's simple, but I love like the suit look. Me too. And I like her she looks. Costume. She looks really dope in the suit, and uh, her hair color, her eyes, everything about her looks really nice, and. Uh, 
all of her interactions have been really interesting. And it's, it is one of the things that make you go like, man, I'm really into like, where is this going? Like, what is going to happen with this character? Like she's one of the most interesting things in the uh, series right now. A hundred percent agree. Uh, I guess let's talk a little bit about, let's see, what have we not really covered too much? Oh, I want to talk about power a little bit and her ridiculousness. So when they were all trapped on the eighth floor, right? <laughs> there's a part where, what's her name? Uh, Kobeni. Kobeni, who's the nervous wreck. She's like, the only reason I even joined public safety is because my parents gave me two options. You either join public safety or you become a prostitute to support your family. Like those are, those are your two choices. She was either going to be forced into sex work or she was going to be forced to basically become a police officer. And when she says that, she's literally crying. Like, she's fully yep, in tears. She's full breaking down. A full mental breakdown as she's talking about her traumatic-ass childhood and her fucked-up parents, right? And as she's pouring her heart out, power on the side of her just starts dying in laughter. <laughs> I'm talking about knee-slapping, literally, dying of laughter. Yeah, she's on her back. She's kicking her leg. Oh she's just God. laughing at her. She's going to... Hand, mind you, this is after Power said that I ate all the food. Now, Power is a fiend, so she can't be killed by typical human ways like starvation. Uh, that won't really work on her the same way, or it'll take way longer for her to starve and die than it would a human, but we can go, like, I don't know. I don't even know how long, but we can't go very long without food and water. Anyway, Power ate all the food, and so for her, it's not a big deal, but for the humans, it's like, bitch, we, we can't survive now for more than a couple of days, and we're gonna start dying soon, and mm -hmm. here you are laughing at my trauma and my pain. That part... I honestly wasn't going to laugh at that girl, but when Power started laughing and slapping her knees, I couldn't help it. I was like, oh my God, she's so fucked yeah. up. Like, what is wrong with How you? Dude, Power is fucking silly. And then the part where like some time passes and then she's like, I figured out what I'm going to do. And they're like, what? And he's like, she's like, I'm going to win a Nobel Peace Prize. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> she's like, yeah, I'm going to win the Nobel Peace Prize. And then she starts explaining how she's going to win the Nobel Peace Prize. It's like, what the fuck is happening right now? She is so fucking ridiculous. Like, every character, I thought it was too much when she was like, I don't flush the toilet after our shit. I was like, that, that is already enough for me. They were like, they were like, you stink, you gotta take a shower. She was like, I I don't really, she was like, nah. Because she's also a hot looking girl. Like, she looks cool, she looks hot. Yeah, she yeah. She has nice titties and everything like that, right? Like, we've seen her naked, I think, at one point, when she was walking with Miawi, and she was all, you know, fucked up looking. I was like, she's a pretty cool girl. But then she says things like, I don't flush after I shit. My, and she's, she's living with someone else. So it's not even her own place. She's living at someone else's apartment and she's taking dumps and leaving huge turds in the toilet and just not flushing it. She's a girl. Like, that's the thing that makes her so ridiculous that she's a fucking girl. Girls don't even shit. So for a girl to shit and also to not flush it is insane to me. Like it that is, is so insane. So ridiculous. And all the other things that she does, she's just not a real person. I've accepted that she's not a real person. There was another part where they were, this is the last episode. So they are storming this building and there's a bunch of zombies around. And uh, I think at one point, somebody slices up a zombie or a couple zombies and there are actual limbs of zombies just chilling around. Power walks up to one of the limbs. I think it's an arm. She lifts it up to her mouth and she starts eating it. And somebody says, what the fuck? That's disgusting. You can't taste that. And she was like, pork, chicken, and this all tastes exactly the same. Meat is meat. And they're just like, no, the fuck, it's not. And they start fighting over this. Like, they actually start <laughs> arguing and fighting. Because she named pork chicken and this zombie arm. She's like, it's all the same. Meat is meat. And I'm looking at her like, you can't be fucking serious. This character, <laughs> this character just keeps getting more and more unhinged. Like, this is Jeez. not a real person. 
She is absolutely ridiculous, but awesome. I, I do like her a lot. Also, on that note, in that uh thing with the zombies, um, it's pretty cool. They did like a little roll call almost, showing off a bunch of other characters part of public safety. Yes, shark the shark guy. He can fuck swim through jewel. any surface. Yeah, swim. Yeah, first of all, that's already that's a devil fruit. But <laughs> that is yeah. literally Kenny. I watched that scene and I rewinded it. I said, "What the <laughs> fuck? That's just straight up One Piece." <laughs> I can swim so, through any surface. <laughs> there's that. Um, there was the angel who, like, they were saying is not aggressive to humans at all, but unfortunately, like, if a human touches his skin, like, their life just gets sucked away. Yes. Um, rapidly, they said, too. And I think that at one point, it asked Aki for a handkerchief, which he passes to the angel devil, and it was surprised that it got, that he got that close. He's like, I'm surprised yeah. you actually got this close to me. Yeah, and it, that goes to show Aki's disposition, though, because, like, in his head, I guess he's just like, I have two years left. Like, but yeah. he's not scared of death or the time left at all. Like, he's yeah, like, I have two years left. Like, I got to find and kill the gun devil. Like, that's he's honestly not scared of much of anything, which I like about his character. And we know that that actually nerfs devils once they realize. Yeah, it. he's uh, um, he's clean. What other ones did they show? I'm trying to. There was definitely oh, other ones. Yeah, you're right. There was a spider one, which I'm not a fan oh, yeah, of. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there was literally one where a girl sprouted out these fucking eight legs. And just started moving around, slashing people. They were like bladed leg. I didn't like that because it's a spider, and I'm not a fan. But yeah, that was another one. Uh, and I can't remember so many other ones. But yeah, there were there were a couple of different devils that were all doing crazy shit. And I like the fact that the public safety uses devils as a little militia of their own. Yeah, yeah, and you know these characters. I'm assuming in the future we're going to see more of them. Uh, there might be like a little a little arc where the angel has to do some shit or something. Yeah. Can we talk um, about the instructor, Kishibe? Uh, oh my god, dude, with the scar on his cheek. Yeah, Kishibe. He so let me just the fucking man. Let me start off by saying that his voice sounded extremely familiar to me the entire time I was watching. I was like, why do I feel like I've heard that voice before? His voice actor is actually Nanami from Jujutsu Kaisen. Nanami is the accountant slash instructor from Jujutsu Kaisen. So the exact same character in another anime that just came out literally plays yep. the exact same role very stoic uh very jaded by the world uh very good at his job very powerful character no threat of dying anytime soon but yeah nanami from jjk is the voice actor from kishibe and then the other character who this voice actor voiced is overhaul from my hero academia mm. so two very recent uh voice acting jobs given to yep. this character who is apparently he called himself i'm not sure if this is true but i keep thinking about jujutsu kaisen and how we know who the strongest sorcerer is in jjk so kishibe declares himself as the strongest devil hunter in the world yeah. and i don't know if that's a fact yet but we find out in episode two of jjk that it is a hundred percent a fact that uh gojo is the strongest jujutsu sorcerer in the world and he says that even if he were to fight against the strongest uh, curse that there is that it would be annoying but i would win and they kind of just like laugh so he's like it would be a, it would be troublesome it would be annoying but at the end of the day i would just win and yep. so it's established very early on that this character is stronger than every evil threat that you're going to come across for the entire anime which to me all that did to me and this is one of my gripes with jjk all it did to me was the same thing as baruto I can't take any villain in Baruto seriously for one of two reasons. All, they always check off one of two. So I have these two checkboxes. One checkbox is, are you human or anything that's on like originated from planet Earth? <clears throat> and if you're not, checkbox. And the other criteria is, uh, 
are Sasuke and Naruto alive? Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I can't, I can't take anything seriously in Barto if Naruto and Sasuke are alive. Check. Or if whatever this evil threat is, is it just doesn't originate from Earth. It's some fucking alien life form. I, I just, I cannot stand it. And so as soon as Gojo was announced to be like the strongest one in existence, I'm like, well, what the fuck? Where, where are the stakes at for the rest of this anime? Like, where yeah, that's why they always either seal them up, lock them out. Like they create like a seal specifically to keep him, Gojo out yeah. or they fucking, uh, or like, or he'll just be off on another mission somewhere. Yes, um, and I think that that is something. not. I think that is not sustainable. So I tend to have a hard time with Barto, and I also tend to have a hard time with JJK because it's like, okay, if Gojo's not around, I'm constantly asking myself, where is he, and when is he going to drop in to save the day as yeah. a Superman? And then if he were to be defeated or beat, I'm annoyed that you've even established that this guy is the strongest that there ever was and that there ever will be, and he just got beat. So it's like. I don't really know which direction you're going to go with do, dealing with this character, but as long as this character's around, it's kind of annoying. So Kishibe says, I'm the strongest devil hunter. And immediately I'm thinking to myself, well, then how come you haven't basically dealt with a lot of these devils or the gun devil and stuff like that? Now I get it. The gun devil is like a mystery and they need chunks of its body in order to even find out where it is because the parts of its body point to him if you get enough of it. It's a whole thing with that and there's still a lot of mystery surrounding that. But I just really don't care for I am the strongest that there is. That is such a strong thing to say in season one of anything. Like, and even in the beginning of Naruto, we hear about, you know, the Hokage. And it's like, oh, the Hokage, the Hokage is the strongest person in the village. But that doesn't mean that there isn't anyone else stronger than a Hokage in the world. Right? Yeah, like that, yeah. It's not the same thing as saying, I'm the Hokage. And say, like, you're, yes, you're the strongest in the village. Doesn't mean that you're the strongest in the entire, like, verse, right? Like, in this entire yeah. verse. I am the strongest that there is. Like that's what Gojo represents for JJK. I don't know if Kishibe represents the same thing for um, Chainsaw Man. Yeah, but I hope not. It's interesting because he, on one end, it's like at the moment it's between him and Makima, right? And I don't know if is Makima considered a devil hunter that's or is exactly she like exactly what I asked myself. I was like, I guess that she's not considered a devil hunter. Maybe she's considered something higher. Yeah, because she's like, you know, on the board or whatever. So she's not considered an actual devil hunter. But then even that aside, even if Kishibe is the strongest devil hunter, it doesn't seem to be on the level of like Gojo because like yes. I don't think the power level is that high. So even if he's the strongest, it's not to the degree where it's like he can just no diff anything. But we um, also haven't really seen him do anything yet. Yeah. I noticed. So yeah, because I was thinking about, oh, God. What is his contract with? What is his powers? Because he hasn't used them yet. He hasn't done anything. Yeah. He beat he beat multiple times. Uh power and denji just straight up beat them. Like Zero we death. didn't see him do anything. And it was so cool the one time when like the both of them were like, oh, we're gonna be like smart people. Yeah, and, like, they, they put, put the glasses, glasses on, on and shit. <laughs> yeah. And like they actually did come up with a good plan. I the, liked it. The bot the, the bottles with blood on it's the so, top so floor. Smart. And then she like shoots the blood spears down. I was like, oh shit. Really cool stuff. Um, yeah, so but even when they he knocks on the door and the fucking blood sickle comes through the door, he just straight up dodges it with the utmost ease. I yeah, love his character. Just, he's so concise. And then he does this fucking spinning roundhouse kick looking thing on Denji who's perched up on the balcony behind him. It's yeah. he's just too much. He's like way too but I love I love it though. Like I, he's exactly what I like about shonen anime when you have this OP broken ass instructor teacher level character. I love those characters. I love Nanami. The other thing is the animation show is cool, but it's also interesting because 
almost the entirety of the show, I feel like, is in 3D. Um, yeah. There are so many scenes that are in 3D, and, like, a lot of the fight scenes were in 3D. Like, so much of the show's in 3D, which is interesting, because they do it. They're able to mask it pretty good. Like, it doesn't look super noticeable a lot of the times, but almost the entire show, I feel like, is in 3D. And one of the most obvious scenes of that is uh, at the end of the episode where um, Himeno is, like, offering sex to Denji. Uh, and she comes in and she's like groggy and stuff. We see that entire scene from Denji's perspective. And then in the start of the next episode is that whole scene again from her perspective. And first of all, you can tell it's in 3D. But even if you couldn't, because they do it really well, something that's interesting is like, that's something that would be annoying to do if you're an animator, completely reanimating the scene from a completely different perspective. Right. But if it's in 3D... That's just the process of positioning the camera in different places. You you let the scene play out and the 3D models do what they're doing. And then you just position the camera in different places to get like this different effect. And that's something that I just found really interesting that they kind of chose to do that. I don't know. It was just yeah, cool. I like the animation. I think that uh, we haven't talked about it too much, but the animation for this show is perfectly fine for me. I'm yeah, when the blood spears came down and he started like boxing, he's like, doo, doo, doo. yes, he's like, he's like boxing so cool. down the spears. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, he hasn't used really much of anything besides fisticuffs and knives, but he's extremely powerful, you can tell. I also liked the introduction to him being their teacher. So Makima takes these two idiots to be trained, and he's standing at a gravesite, and uh, he has his back turned the entire exchange, and he asks them three questions before he decides if he wants to train them, and I actually wrote them down. So the first thing he says is, what did you feel when your coworkers died? And they both say, we didn't really feel anything, we didn't really... We didn't really care. Like, we we're kind of indifferent. Then he says, do you want revenge? And both of them are like, no, not really. That's not really our thing. And then the third question was, are you loyal to humans or devils? And they both say, whoever gives us the best deal. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think Denji says, like, well, yeah, whoever gives me the best deal or, like, whoever whoever feeds me, like, something like that. Yeah, like very and then power, power says, whichever side is winning. <laughs> yep. So I, I really like that one, he had these three questions, and I guess if they answered them incorrectly, he would be like, absolutely not. I'm not training you fuckers. Like, if you want revenge, or if, if you seeing your coworkers die, your friends die, if that's going to affect you psychologically in any kind of way, we can't go any further. Because in this line of work, that is just the way things are. And that kind of made, it, that kind of made me think about Makima and how much of a sociopath she appears to be. Because she doesn't react, despite the fact that her whole platoon got wiped out and all these people around her died she doesn't really mm. react to it in any kind of way that's like super emotional although i will say she got her lick back for sure yes the fuck she did she got her lick back for sure but she didn't go about it in this super emotional i have to get revenge i'm super highly you know in tears right yeah. now or anything like that whereas somebody like kobeni the nervous wreck she literally, when she finds Akane and uh, Katana Man, and they have Denji, and they're trying to smuggle him away, she sees them, and she runs at them full force with a knife, you know? Like, she yeah, runs yeah. in kind I'm of super stupidly. interested. Yeah, I'm interested in what her contract, because, like, she didn't reveal what her contract was. She said it's a secret. And then we also know that she's an absolute nervous wreck. And she's even a nervous wreck when a lot of this other stuff's happening, but... She fucking dicked off. Like when all the shit was happening, she's like <laughs> flipping over it, flipping, flipping that, off a fucking light post and shit. Yeah, that snake demon just, tried to attack her and they just couldn't do anything. I was like, what the fuck is it? Like, if you're this diesel, what is what are you scared Did, of? Didn't Akane try to shoot her? Like, and she just kind of moved out the way? Yeah. 
Yeah, she was dodging bullets and shit. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, I didn't know what her abilities were either, but they also showed how when her and the other guy, so the other guy ends up getting killed. Um, I forget yeah. his name because he doesn't last very long in the show as a whole, but he ends up getting killed and they, we thought that she might have died in that exchange too, but then it's revealed that she kind of got behind the old lady and like made her shoot herself. Mm-hmm. And this really quick maneuver that she did, she like made the the woman fired a gun into her own the, from her yeah. you know, chin up. And then at one point when she's get doing all the crazy shit, at one point she says, damn it, I got too high. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Interesting. I don't know if I remember that. Because I again, I watched this. It's been, two, it's been two months, two complete months have passed since the day I watched it. So I don't remember that, that fine detail. But yeah, that's interesting that she said I got too high. Very interesting yeah, so stuff there with that character. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like I saw the show and it's like I can see where this could potentially go that makes people the people that read the manga like oh my god chainsaw man's going to come out you guys are going to see it it's like one of the best things ever whatever um and it's exciting because i can see where it could go like episode one was like oh you know cool it's interesting but like i don't really care that much and you watch a couple more episodes you're like oh this is getting a little better and then eventually you're like wow i'm pretty interested like there's some interesting things happen and some cool mystery. I like where this is going and I could see where this goes somewhere cool. And it's, it's nice because coming from something like, um, God of high school, right? God of high school was something that everybody hyped up. Everybody that read the manga, it was like this most amazing thing. And when the anime came out, uh, it was really bad. (laughs) Yeah. The anime was awful. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't good. Definitely was not good. It looked cool, but it was not good. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. before we completely wrap up this episode I think we covered a lot of our bases here I do want to I talk a little so. bit about the main character Denji and his power scaling so far so I like that he is still relatively weak in the grand scheme of things like he's nowhere near the strongest or anything like that of course but um, Kishibe when he was training him when he did that little sneak attack thing he said yeah you guys still haven't you know done anything to me but that was your best attempt yet like you guys are yeah. getting better and that was a sign of progress, which I do like. You know, the main character has some progress. It's only been 12 episodes, though. And the other thing is that he ended up beating the Katana Man. And the way he did it was kind of cool. Yeah, it, yeah. It, remind, it reminded me of My I've, Hero Academia. Oh, man, this was cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it reminded me of My Hero Academia because there's a long time where you kind of forget that Deku has legs. Because all of his attacks are using his hands and his arms, right? Everything's a punch. Everything's a flick of his fingers. Everything's up, 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 upper body. And then yeah. later on, he developed something called shoot style. And it's like deep into My Hero Academia. Like, I want to say almost a halfway point of the entire anime so far, like where it is right now. Um, He developed something called shoot style where he just literally decides to use his legs. And legs are stronger than our fists. So it's like, oh, that makes perfect sense. All Might never had to use his legs because he's just that guy. But... Yeah. It opens up a new door, and Chainsaw Man, while you're watching it, every time the main character, Denji, uses his ability, it's always chainsaws on his arms and his head. And so when he's fighting against the Katana dude, he goes into this crazy stance where this is where he kind of, like, zero lifts everybody. That fucking pose he gets into, like, uh, the Genji I love, he does it, and he cuts Denji's arm off, and then he does it, he cuts, like, his other arm off, and then, like, he does it again, and Denji goes, can we ban that move? Yes. <laughs> literally like a fighting game. You know how you get tripped in Mortal Kombat over and over again when you're a kid? It literally is like, yo, stop doing that. You cheating. Literally, you cheating. <laughs> like, like y'all cheating. <laughs> like, Denji's literally like, y'all cheating. <laughs> I love it. He definitely said, can we ban that move? I'm, I'm over it. Like, I'm fucking over you doing <laughs> that stance, and you just going, teleport, 
behind me and then I'll lose a limb. Like, get the fuck out of here. What the- and I, I love how when Denji's in chainsaw mode, he's like so crass. He's like, nah, like, yeah. like he says, like, I, I can't remember what he says, but he's always saying like fucking like idiot and stuff like that. And he yes. has, he really like drags the word out and like sound like you right, has like that asshole when he was attitude, when he was slicing up the eternity demon, mm-hmm. uh, he was being really crass in that moment as well. And that was cool that we found out how the healing works and stuff like that for devils or for yeah. fiends, I guess. Um, if they consume blood, even if it's, you know, another devil's blood, they can just constantly heal. So as he was slicing it, it got to a point where his chainsaw started to retract. And they said that it's because you're losing too much blood. But then it was found out that if he just drinks the blood as he's slicing, he will basically yeah. be an engine of destruction. He said, look, I'm a perpetual motion dis- uh, machine. Yeah. That Nobel Peace Prize is mine. <laughs> <laughs> Why is the Nobel Peace Prize even being discussed in this at oh, all? No. Like, power is so unhinged of a character. I don't know. But to go back to uh, the cheater, because um, something really cool happens that's a reference to his uh, Denji's training. And I think we were about to talk about. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Right, so the guy who, the Katana man, Denji's losing to him constantly, and then out of nowhere, they have another clash, and Denji apparently learned how to use chainsaws on his actual legs. And so he ends up beating the guy, and they apprehend him, and then they start kicking him in the nuts over and over again. Yeah, but it's cool, because when, um, when the teacher says, uh, when the teacher says to Denji, like, oh, that was your best attempt yet... Um, you guys can get off for the rest of the day. And then he, he starts to leave. And then he's like, oh, yes, like, we get off. Did you hear that power? And then he throws a knife in Denji's head. And he was like, never listen to the enemy. Yep. Uh, and Denji's like, what the? And then so when he loses both of his arms and the guy's like, you've, Katana Man's like, you've lost. Denji's like, I still have one more chainsaw on my head. And then so he goes out and have another clash. And then the chainsaw on his head breaks, and he goes like, ha, you idiot. He was like, you you only focused on my head. And then they zoom down, and they sew the chainsaw on his leg. Yep. And then, like, Katana Man gets cut in half. Um, I thought that was really cool. He was like, you know, never listen to it. Like, something he learned from Correct. Uh, the teacher. So I thought that was really cool, because that's how he ends up beating the Katana Man. Yep. Uh, really good but, stuff. And then, like you said, the kick in the nuts thing. I legitimately, when he was sitting there, and I saw Aki was there, Part of me, like, I was like, are they going to kick him in the nuts? Like, I felt it coming. I was like, they're going to kick him in the nuts. Like, I got excited for it because what he said, he was like, when you fight a man, you kick him in the nuts. And uh, I thought it was actually, like, really funny, but also kind of really sweet and, like, emotional almost where he was like, like, we're going to kick him in the nuts so that, like, Jimeno can hear us, hear him or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh... They're like just kick. They're just like kicking him in the nuts. He's screaming, crying, <laughs> and then like Aki's thinking like Hameto, like I hope you can hear this. Like we're we're recording a symphony for you, and it's just like them kicking this man in the fucking nuts. Only chainsaw man beating the shit out of him could have a and... scene where somebody get kicked in the nuts. We're rooting for it. <laughs> like we're actually completely rooting for this moment to happen. I was I was rooting, for, dude. It was awesome. I was like, hell, fuck it, kick that man in the nuts. Yeah, this was this was a really good first season. It definitely made both of us more interested in it, and I'm planning to continue it every season it airs until it gets yeah. If, if sure. ever gets bad, like I'll stop obviously then. But for now, this is just good to me. Like actually good. I wouldn't even say it's just like mid or anything like that. I thought that it was just actually a good anime, and I just yeah. never expected it to be as good as it was because 
Makima, Kishibe, Denji, like all of the characters in the in the show, Power being funny as she is, Aki's despair and like his sad yeah. life, everything about it, like the cigarette that says uh, Easy Revenge on it, and then how he smoked that cigarette at the very end. I mm-hmm. like so many things about what Chainsaw Man has done with this first season, and I will highly recommend it to anyone. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, if you made it this far into this episode, you're a looney tune for listening to something that you have no idea what the some hell we're talking some, about. But some, Dude, I recently heard that there are people I was reading like a random Reddit thread and there was a whole discussion about this guy and and like other people in the comments were agreeing with him. He was saying that the way he reads books is he reads the chapter summary for every chapter before he reads it. Like so he'll read a chapter summary for every chapter before reading the chapter. And it's just like, you know, essentially spoils the book for himself in a way. Cause yeah. like he'll read everything that happens and then read the book. And it's like, so, we, but anyway, some people like to listen to people talk about and like, listen to all the spoilers and then go watch something, which is not my way of doing it, but you Teach know, his own, right? more power to you. Yeah. yeah but on the, on that note of chainsaw man. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. It's really good. I um I enjoyed watching it. It got better with each episode, I'd say, and it got really more interesting did. with each episode. And uh, I like the dynamics, the characters. Like I love that Aki is like not even that much older than Denji, and he's like kind of his dad, him and Power's dad. Like Power and Denji are just like bad little kids in his house. Oh um, my god, I will be so fucking annoyed living with them. By the way, <laughs> they're so annoyed. Did you see the mess that Denji made in his house with all the jam and shit all over the place? Absolute, absolute, like. Oh my god! They're menaces. You. They're just two yeah. fucking menaces. So, really cool though. Like, I'm I'm definitely interested in the show. I'm excited for the next season. I'm also happy for the the fans of the Chainsaw Man manga because like sometimes something you're really excited for gets adapted and it ends up like not being adapted well. Right. Um, God of High School, for example. Um, I I didn't read all of it, but I read a lot, like the first hundred chapters of God of High School. Oh damn! And like. I can say, and this is before the anime was even announced. Um, because I remember there was uh, a fake anime opening that was made that was amazing for God of High School years ago. And I was like, man, this I was like, they need to make an anime for this because this shit is fucking clean. And I read like the first hundred chapters and uh I enjoyed it. Like it was cool. Um and then when the anime came out, I was like, this is fucking horrible. Like I couldn't believe how bad they did the anime. <laughs> Um, so it was really disappointing. I wasn't as invested because I'm not a gigantic God of High School fan. Yeah, so but I enjoyed what I, yeah, I enjoyed what I read. And when I when I watched the anime, I was very disappointed. So I can only imagine for the people that were like the super fans of it. Yeah, it does suck, but at least this was good. So all right, we're wrapping this one up. Before we get out of here, I want to give a shout out to everyone on our Patreon. Thank you so much for supporting the I'm Their Podcast. It is the beginning of a new month. The Patreon exclusive episode for the month of February was released yesterday, and it's on our Patreon. And then we are now in the month of March. So a lot of people will start getting a new charge for this month. I hope you've been enjoying the content. I've been putting a lot of stuff. Holy shit, it is March 1st. Yes, it is March 1st. I didn't even realize it was March 1st. Yep. And so now um, a lot of content going out on YouTube still, a lot of content going out on Patreon. There's tons of exclusive stuff that is literally nowhere else except Patreon, including full-length video versions of the podcast. So if you're interested in that type of thing, please check it out. I also edited one of our Patreon tiers, the $20 tier. I changed it to where you, I, I didn't change it in a bad way. I added something to it. I added that you can now submit a dueling book replay of a best two out of three match. And I will review it and do a YouTube video on it. Kind of like what DB grinder does for his channel. Um, I'll do the exact same thing. It has to be Edison format. because it's the only format that I actually play. 
So if, you know, do not send me something for modern, obviously, because I really would not be the guy to go to for that. But if it's an yeah. Edison format replay and you're wondering what I would have done or what you could have done differently to improve your game, uh, I'm willing to for sure do an entire analysis video or, and post it on YouTube and everything going over your replay. And I, it's kind of what I do naturally with my friends. It, like I have a, a group of friends that I obviously play with and train with and, and play test with and all that stuff. And I critique all of them all already like when i watch uh, a true hero play or stango play they naturally send replays to our group chat and i've been critiquing them for the last several years just in general so it's something that i realized that i could definitely offer as a service to people at that tier the main character tier uh, as well as everything else in that tier like you can duel us and you know that'll be posted on youtube as well uh shadow game is a cult but yeah if you if you're interested in that you know that makes that tier there's even more value now in the main character tier so something i just thought about after yesterday i was in the edison format discord and i believe it was i think i was talking to Corinna about how she lost in top eight of deck devastators three recently and it's so interesting to me because I was asking, like, you lost to the Dragon deck, which I think the Dragon deck is actually a good matchup for Frog. Like, I think Frogs want to play against Trap Dragons because I just think that Trap Dragons are slower than Dragon Turbo, which is a bad matchup if you're playing Frogs. But Trap Dragons is a much slower deck. It plays, like, DD War Lady and stuff like that and Deep Prisons and Bottomless. Cards that I don't think are good against Frogs, really. And so I was like, how did you lose? And the answer was kind of like, you know, I don't think I could have really done much. Like, I just got blown out. I'm not also not familiar with the matchup. So I said, hey, what about the replay? Can I can I see the replay? And then I ended up getting a hold of the replay. And someone else in the in the uh, Discord named Dimitri, he reviewed it and said, you could have for sure won this game. You missed lethal right here. So that, it, that just, like, sparked the idea in my head. Like, right from yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I thought about, oh, shit. This person, it's been three weeks, three or four weeks now since Deck Devastators 3. And this person had no idea that they lost a game that they could have won. Now, I'm not perfect, so I've definitely lost games that I could have won for sure. That's not the point. Everyone does, yeah. Yeah, every, we're all human. But the, the idea that it has been this long and up until just today, this just happened on March 1st, 2023. Up until today, uh, Karina had no idea that they could have won the game if they had done one yeah. thing differently. And so that gave me the idea, like, well, holy shit. And she was like, oh, I'm really glad that we had this conversation. And like, now I know that I could have done something better. I was beating myself up over losing and all this other stuff. And now, you know, like you could have done something differently. So that, that sparked the idea. And I wanted to offer that as a service to you guys. It's really long winded. Cause that's just how I am. But yeah, if you're interested in that, something I could totally do at the main character tier. So if you're interested in that too, let me know. Anyway, I'm going to give a shout out to the first Several of our patrons, and Kenny's going to do the last two. We have Connie, Austin, Leon, Quest, Garen, Xavier, Hylian, Dimitri Barnes, Vinny Casello, Giovanni Avalos, Dominic Roberts, Alex Flamer, CJ, Dubkdad1, Dan Vrabel, First to Home, Dalos Ferneris, Estad Akuma, Mitchell Nelson, Midwest Gaming, William Shapiro, Dimitri Sofiridis, Vince Marquette, Dallas Bailey, Roz Weiss, Nick Stango, Hansel, our two-time national champion, Vincent Zen, Sarah Maria, Sunny Top Cut Podcast, Alex Ahern, Philip Campa, Jalen Haskins, Arali Melfi Slump, uh, Chris Len, Jeff Luang, Wookie159, MSW2389, Edison Club, Kyle Batelho, Brandon Moore, Sugal, Nick, Eric, Nafa, Corey Fowler, Omar Ramos, Elijah Barfault, and... And a true hero. Yep. And then finally, the newest patron, Tyler Tadeo. Thank you guys so much for your support. We really appreciate it. 
and it really does go a long way. As I always say, do the things that make you happy, including enjoying an anime that you had no expectation of it being good and finding out that it is, in fact, just really enjoyable and good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good night. Good day. I'm getting the fuck out. Same. Peace out.